The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Uh, this morning we're just going to be finishing really on this series about pressing on to what lies ahead. Uh, you know what, 22nd of March last year, 22nd of March last year was actually our first lockdown service. Uh, so we've been nearly a year of this in and out of church, most of it actually out of church, and uh, enjoying, whether that's the right word, we've been going through this season. It's interesting, isn't it, this past week with the Prime Minister coming and starting to talk about the way ahead, how there's a sense in which hope is beginning to rise. You think like, wow, could we possibly be getting to an end of having to be locked down, locked in, shut up, stopped and prevented from doing all the sorts of things that we have enjoyed. And so as this roadmap is being unfurled before us, there is a degree of excitement because we think like, I want to get away from this restriction that actually that we've been going through. But here's a question for you. Are you going to go back to what you did before or are some things going to be different? Have we learnt anything? during this time, this season, where we have been uh, challenged with COVID-19? Have we learned anything? It's a question that's worthy to be thought of. I think one of the things that particularly people are talking about is the way that relationships have been had to put on hold because people have been distanced. You know, school children have been at home. They've been doing their work via their computers or their phones and things like that. And Parents have been apart from their children or their grandchildren. Many people have had to be separated because they've had to self-isolate or because they've been thinking about the concerns of their parents and loved ones, people in care homes. Work colleagues have been meeting via Teams or via Zoom, but they've missed that interaction of just being able to stop by somebody's desk and have a quick chat about something or just to be able to talk through a project actually face-to-face, not via that computer screen. So there's been a lot of changes, and relationships are one of those things that I think everybody has said, well, perhaps I've learned to value relationships more because of this time of being forced separation from people. And so when we go back to being able to have those relationships again, are we going to behave differently? Are we actually going to take those relationships for granted after a period of time of having met people? Or are we actually going to think, like, I remember how special relationships were and how much effort I need to put into them. I don't know what we're going to do, but it's a challenge for us to think about. And of course, today I want to talk about our relationship with God. Relationships are very important. And we want to talk about our relationship with God. You know, like all relationships, relationships suffer from a lack of being able to meet together, from a lack of communication. That communication brings something to life in a relationship. And that being together brings something to life and we enjoy it. And so today, as we look at our relationship with God, we need to think about these things, being together and of communicating, because they're very important. We're going to look at three points, and the three points are these. Prayer is important, vital elements of prayer, and prayer in the garden. So we're going to look at those three points. First point, prayer is important. 
So here I am saying prayer is important. Actually, I really think I should be saying prayer is essential. If the backbone of relationships is communication, which I believe that it is, then our communication, our prayer, because prayer is communication with God, our prayer is essential for the building of that relationship. If there is little prayer, then we're not really being able to establish that relationship. In Matthew 6, Jesus says this, when you pray. So he was indicating to his disciples and those who were listening to his message, the Sermon on the Mount, he was indicating to them the necessity of communication because it has that sense of building relationship with him. Adam Clark, this theologian of yesteryear, who I like to quote from time to time, he says this about prayer. He says, a proper idea of prayer is a pouring out of the soul unto God as a free will offering, solemnly and eternally dedicated to him, accompanied with the most earnest desire that it may know, love and serve him alone. He's there expressing this idea of prayer, not just talking, but having relationship with God. And that's what we want to achieve with our prayers. Prayer is important because it's us communicating with our Heavenly Father. Talking to Him, connecting with Him, understanding His heart and expressing our hearts to Him so that we have relationship with Him. And it's interesting to see that prayer, relationship with God is something that was very important to the apostles. If we go back to Acts 1, verses 12 to 14, we read this. It says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers, or with his brothers. So Jesus has just got returned to heaven, the ascension. They've been on the Mount of Olives and they've seen Jesus literally rise up and disappear behind the clouds. And angels are saying to them, guys, guys, you can go home now because he's not coming back. That's it, he's gone. So they've got this idea that Jesus has gone. Jesus has now gone away from them. They're now estranged from him. And yet what's the first thing they do? They all go back to the room where they've been meeting and they start to earnestly pray together. Now, they're not only praying for relationship, they're also praying, God, you said you were going to bring your Holy Spirit. What does that mean? What does that look like? So there's questions they're asking in prayer, but they go for relationship because now Jesus has gone. And you know what it's like if you've had somebody stay at your house for a while, which I know we haven't for quite a while, but when somebody's been staying with you for a week or two, maybe a grandparent, and suddenly they go home, oh, you miss them. Those first few hours, those first few days... Everybody's saying like, oh, I miss them because you've had that relationship and that sense of being together. And I think that's how the disciples felt. Jesus, their friend, not only a friend, but God, the Messiah who'd come amongst them, has now returned to heaven. Hey, we want relationship with him. Come on, let's get together and let's pray. And again, we see the importance that the apostles placed on prayer later on. If we go to Acts chapter 6, Here's a situation where there had been some complications amongst the disciples. They'd obviously been doing a food distribution program. And it had come up that they had been distributing food to the the Jewish believers. But then there was also the Gentile believers. And they hadn't been receiving food in the same way. And so there was a bit of like, well, hang on a second. How's this all going to be worked out? So they come to the apostles and ask this question and say, hey, what's been going on? 
Acts chapter 6, verses 2 to 4. The twelve gathered all the disciples together and said it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. You can see there's an important issue and they're trying to get it right and the church is wanting to get things right and wanting to make sure the people are looked after. But the apostles say like, guys, we're not going to stop ministering, that is teaching the word of God, helping people grow in their faith and prayer. This is of vital importance to us. So though there are other important and pressing needs that arise, we're going to maintain our relationship because relationship is the form of communication that we have with God and it builds our connection with him. And it's important that we get into prayer for that very reason, because we want relationship, but not only that. Jesus speaks this in John 15 verse 5. He says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. For those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The other reason that we need to engage in this relationship, communication, prayer with God is because we can't be fruitful without that connection. So fruitfulness, which we all want to be fruitful, we need to have connection with God and therefore we need that relationship. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now that sinks in, apart from me, you can do nothing. We need to hear that and let that take grip of us. You know, that whole situation of apart from me, you can do nothing. We think we can do things apart from God. If we were to go back to the Garden of Eden, right at the beginning, where the serpent was saying to Eve in the garden, if you eat the fruit, you will become like God. Satan was deceiving her, saying, look, if you eat this fruit, I know it's supposed to be a forbidden fruit, but if you eat this fruit, listen, if you eat it, you will be like God. And the impression that he was giving to Eve was this, you will be as wise and as powerful, and you know what? You can carry on living and you won't need to be connected to God because you will have all those resources for yourself. There is an independence that you will achieve and you will be able to exist independently of God forever if you eat this fruit. And it was that sense that took hold of Eve's heart because she takes the fruit and she eats it. And it's like an irresistible urge for us today. We want to be independent. We don't want to be dependent upon God. We want to just do our own thing. But that independence creates many problems for us. Because first of all, it means that the whole sense of the need of relationship is removed from our minds. Listen, prayer is important. If we're going to have relationship with God, then we need to be able, and if we're going to be fruitful, then we need to pray to God. Prayer is important. Second point, the vital elements of prayer, or really the essential elements of prayer. And what I'm talking about here, or what I want to talk about, is two components of prayer. You see, we've got this idea when we're talking about prayer. Oh, I pray, I go to my room, and I say, look, God, I've got these needs. I've got this problem with this project at work. Can you sort it out? There's a friend of mine who's sick, by the way. Could you heal them? Okay, that's it. That's our thought about prayer. Prayer is relationship. And we want relationship with God. We don't just want to tell him. He already knows the issues of our hearts. God wants relationship with us. 
And we need to feel that desire so that we have relationship with him. And part of that prayer, that building of relationship, there's two important elements. And they're these, they're faith and time. First of all, faith. Hebrews Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It always strikes me when I read that verse, without faith, without faith, it is impossible. It's quite clear in its instruction. It is impossible to please God if you do not have faith in him. Well, I know what is faith? Faith is believing that God is. Faith is believing that he is there to help us. If we have no focus on God, if we have no understanding of who he is, then we're not going to have faith. But conversely, the more that we look, and even we were being encouraged in our prayer time to look upon Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter, the one who has gone before us, to keep our eyes fixed upon him. This is this idea of what builds our faith. As we look to God and we begin to remember what he has done and what he is like, it establishes us in him. It keeps our eyes upon him. Listen, if you don't know God and you don't know what he's capable of, then you're not really going to want to come to him and ask him to do things for you. But the more you understand who God is, and the more you understand how much God is for you, and the fact that he loves you, and is concerned about you, and wants to help you, and wants to lead you and guide you through the various ups and downs of life, and to help you through the challenges that come to you, the more you understand that God is able and willing and desiring to be alongside you, to assist you through those times, and empower you through those times, the more you're going to say, Lord, I want relationship with you. I want to pray to you, Lord, because I need your help. I can't manage this on my own. But with you, Lord, I can accomplish all things. When we know what God is like, then we are more likely to come and to pray to him. Jesus says in John 17, 3, he says, This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That is what eternal life is. It's knowing God. It's having relationship with him. And if we want relationship with him, then prayer is the vital component of building that relationship. You know, distance makes a difference with things. Let me just show you this picture, which is a picture showing perspective. And perspective, especially if you're an artist or you're doing drawings, perspective is trying to get the right view of things and to make it look right. And so actually, when we see this picture, we see a corridor with the, our, our sight line being stretched away from us. And right there in the distance, you can see some people walking down this corridor this way towards us. Now, the people look very small. And the point I want to say this is, when you are a long way away from something, actually, because of the perspective, it can look very tiny. But then as you get closer and closer, and in this picture, if we were to walk towards the people, whereas they seem just like, what, just like a centimetre high in the picture, actually, when they came right upside, oh, they're the same size as us. We don't realise how big they are. And there is a sense in perspective... When we are a long way from God, he can seem to be just a little tiny thing. God, can you really help me? Because you're so far away. But when we bring ourselves near to God, we begin to understand how vast, how wonderful he is. He is creator 
of all things, sustainer of all things. He upholds all things by his powerful word. It says underneath are the everlasting arms. There's this picture that God has got the whole universe and he's holding it together. That's how big he is. And yet if we are a long way away from him, he can seem just, God, can you do anything? You seem to be so small. We want to have a perspective where we are drawing close to God and where we understand what he is. So drawing close to him and understanding him is having faith in him, is building and establishing our faith. And with faith, it is possible to please God, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. So faith is a vital element, and faith is what we build in ourselves. This is why we read the Scriptures, because the Scriptures are telling us about God. And as we read the Scriptures, the understanding of who He is and what He is like and what He does comes to us through the Word, because God is expressing Himself through the Word. And that builds our faith. It establishes faith. And as faith is built up, we can stand before God and please Him, because we have that sense of believing in Him. So one of the essential elements of prayer, of relationship with God, is having faith in him. is believing who he is in knowing who he is. Just as the psalmist says, those who know your name will put their trust in you. The knowledge of who God is causes us to come close to him. The second element of prayer is this, or this vital element, essential elements of prayer, is time. Time. Now, we don't often talk about time. Especially when it comes to prayer, because as soon as you start to mention time, whoa, hang on a second, I can't afford to spend time. But you see, we all give time to true relationships. Those relationships that we value, we know we have to give time to them so that they can be established. I know it's time, sometimes it's fleeting time, sometimes it's just quickly, a hello, but other times it's extended time. It's time sitting around meals, not only eating, but talking. In these days, it's been time walking. And when you're walking, you're talking. There's time that is being spent together. And that time brings understanding because of the communication you have, the relationship you're building. But relationship is not just about talking. It's about emotions, actions. It's a love that you're showing. And you can show love to people by serving them, by helping them. But the way you talk to them, the way you act towards them is all part of building this relationship. But it takes time. It takes time. And so when we're talking about prayer, we're talking about not just bringing our words to God, but spending our time before him. In fact, you know, there's a, there's a problem that I have. And that is that when I hear the word prayer, I think about this. Prayer is like, okay, it's like you've got the picture of the young child putting their hands together on their knees and they start talking to Jesus. And that is a true picture of prayer, but it's not the whole picture of prayer. Because prayer is about relationship. I can come in an attitude of prayer and have relationship with God by walking into a room and acknowledging his presence and just start thinking about him. And start reading the word of God and start seeing what the Bible says about him. I am engaging in the focus of my heart upon God. That also is building relationship. That also is like prayer. It's not that I'm just speaking out my words. I am spending quality time thinking and acting and hearing and listening and talking to God. That helps to build relationship with him. 
And what could be better than spending time with the creator of us, he who has made us, he who knows the very purpose of our lives, he who knows the end of our lives from the beginning, he who is the one who can help us to live a fruitful life if we come to him and build relationship with him, then that can really help us. Time is important. Faith is important. Not just important, these are vital elements of building relationship with God. If I was to say to you, look, spend some more time in prayer. Please, don't just think of five minutes. Or rather, think of it like this. Think of the friends who say to you, oh, I've only got five minutes, and how it makes you feel. Oh, they haven't got time for me then. Just think about that. Think about it in the relationships that you have. Think about the things that matter. Think about the things that you appreciate. And just start putting those things into your relationship with God. It's all about building relationship with him. Come to God, focus on him, build and establish your faith in him, and give yourself time with him. That way, you will start to establish your relationship. Okay, let's come to our third point, prayer in the garden. Now, it's, it's interesting, there are not many occasions in scripture where prayer is really taught much about. There's, there's verses that talk about how Jesus went out and he spent the night in prayer, went up onto a mountainside and spent time in prayer. There's also the bits where the disciples say, oh, teach us to pray. And we have the example of the, what is given as the Lord's Prayer. But there's not that much taught about prayer. We hear about people praying, but we don't know what they're saying. We don't know how they do it. And that's why sometimes it can be a bit confusing. But there's one occasion where we are taught a little bit about prayer, and that is in the Garden of Gethsemane, because Jesus is going there himself to pray, and he takes his disciples with him. This is right before the time that Jesus is arrested. And so Jesus has got a lot on his mind. It's pressing in on him. We're going to read about it in Matthew 26. Matthew 26, verse 36 to 41. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here with me and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Now, Jesus knew what was going to happen to him. He had had that understanding before he even went to the garden. So there was an expectation of what was going to happen and in his prayer, we see him going through, not just thinking about what's going to happen, but really wrestling with the surrender that was necessary for all of that to happen. Because Jesus is actually praying, look, if there's another way. Look, and he comes to that point, no, 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 no. Only your will is what's going to be done. Nevertheless, don't listen to me. I want to do your will. So he was wrestling and we should never take for granted, really, the pain and the suffering that Jesus was going through in that garden. Even though it's just, well, he's just in a time of prayer. We know that he was sweating drops of blood. So there was a real pressure in what he prays. 
But Jesus' expectation was that the other disciples would be praying along with him. And he'd already taken some aside. So he'd taken Peter, James, and John aside with him and says, guys, will you pray? And I'm going to go on here to pray. So he's asking them to pray. And if you think about it, his expectation of Peter, because Peter had just recently announced, Jesus, I don't know about the others, but there's no way that I'm forsaking you. I'm 100% for you. So do you expect for somebody who's 100% for Jesus, oh, they're going to be praying. They're one of the top-notch people. And Jesus, having prayed and been wrestling in prayer, comes back to find them all asleep. All asleep. And this is what he said, what's the matter with you guys? Can't you pray even for one hour? Notice that. There's a sense of it. Can't you even give me an hour of your time? When the pressure's here, can you not just make space for me? Now, I'm not saying we've necessarily got to pray for an hour, but there is a challenge there. Can you not give me time? Can you not give me relationship? And then he also says that you need to be able to keep watch and pray so that you don't give in to temptation. There is always a temptation. There is always a pressure against us to say, like, this doesn't matter. I'll do it later. I'll put this off. There's no need for me to do it now. I know I can find another time. There's always plenty of excuses and temptations that come to us to lead us away from the vital relationship of prayer with our God. There's always things. And Jesus goes on to emphasize that with the disciples by saying, listen, your bodies are weak, your spirits are willing, but your bodies are weak. And the same is true for us. We have weak bodies. We have bodies that very much want to be led away to the thought of, hey, I know what, I'll put it off till five minutes later. I'll put it off for half an hour later. And I don't know about you, there's been many times for me when I've come to prayer. Oh, I suppose I better pray, so I'll come to prayer. I'll make some time, I suppose I better do this. And the next thing I know is I'm asleep. That's happened to me many times. I know that this is true. There is a sense within us that we need to keep a vibrancy. Any marriage where that relational vibrancy is being lost is starting to suffer. But we know that where there's good connection, vital connection between husband and wife, then that relationship can start to blossom. It's a fact. We know about relationships with other people. We know that only too well because of the estrangement that we have been through. But if we're going back to have relationship with other people, let's make sure that we have relationship with God. Prayer is vital because it is our connection with our Heavenly Father. So we need to remember these three things. Prayer is important because it's all about relationship with God. And we want to have a great relationship with God. We not only want to express our hearts to Him, but we want to hear His heart for us and the situations that are around us. There are essential elements in prayer. And they are faith and time. It takes both of them to build a good relationship with God. You are going to need both of them. So at least we're talking about it and getting it out into the open. And lastly, you need to be able to watch and pray. You need to make sure that you are stirring yourself because there's always a temptation that our bodies want to take, which is that we actually put it off or we go to sleep or we just put it to one side rather than activating what our spirits want to do. Our spirits are hungry for relationship. And we want to say, Spirit, I'm going to help you. Body, you need to come under subjection. And we don't want to give in to the temptation of not praying and falling asleep. But we want to press in so that we might know God. I want to encourage you. Develop 
your prayer life. When I say develop your prayer life, it takes time, it takes input, it takes expression, it takes experience, it takes challenges. You need to pray and sometimes it feels good, sometimes it doesn't feel so good. Sometimes you feel like you've made connection, sometimes you don't feel like you've made connection. But all the time, all the time you're learning. And we want to develop and increase our relationship with God. So may God bless you as you seek to do that, as we all seek to do that in our lives. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.